0: G'day, everyone. This is Tractor, and welcome to the Gel Ball, Millsim, Millsoft, Gelsoft, whatever you want to call it podcast. And today, as always, I have a guest. G'day, guest. G'day. It's Dan from Osgel here. Oh, is that Dan or Ban?
1: Dan. It could be Ban at the moment, but yeah, <laughs> something to talk about.
0: We'll talk about that in a minute. And UberDuba Uber, Ultra Elites and all yes. that stuff. It's good to hear you. Sit back, relax, and join us for a podcast. So I did you the honour of being on your podcast not so long ago. So we've turned the tables on this one. I appreciate that, mate. It's good yeah. to be on the other end. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, so let's talk a bit about you. Um, okay. Not everyone knows the the man, the mystery that is Dan and his past and whatnot. So, what? How did you end up in jail? Wall like it? It wasn't a natural progression. There was lots of steps and bits and pieces. So, yeah. the genesis of Dan, um, separate from odds job. Absolutely. So. Um
1: I guess very briefly, you know, as as uh, I think most people are aware, you know, I spent a bit of time in defence, had a long career there, um, exited defence because I had a a really attractive job offer on the outside, in the corporate world, bit of business, I learnt that it's very competitive, mm-hmm. and it is a jungle out there, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and, and actually found myself uh, in the doll queue at one point, yep. um, you know, six six months in the doll queue, and Eventually found work again, but then uh, made a pledge to myself that that would never happen again.
0: Yep. And, um, uh, yeah. Did you have much trouble with the transitional, like a lot of guys yep. struggle with transition? Was there issues there that um, um, you looking back on you go, I could have done that better, or if I had this support, it wouldn't have happened?
1: Look, I, I think I was one of the very lucky few because I had a job to go to. It made the transas- uh, transition very easy. Um, I think the big shock to me was when... Um, that business was sold off, um, and I, you I was, were dropped like yeah, rock. I, yeah. I was left with nothing, literally nothing, you know. And yeah. um, as as a soldier, you're used to being sort of spoon fed everything and and, <laughs> and having everything <laughs> yeah. provided to you. Yeah. Um, I had that when I, when I moved to that you know next company, and then when that was taken from underneath me, you know, and sold off. Um, yeah. Really, you know, I, I, I was uh, given a lesson in in how to be humble very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: yeah. What about on a personal level, the transition from being a full-time soldier to a full-time civilian? And a lot of people struggle with their personal identity. Did you find, like, you don't have to talk about everything about it. No, no, no,
1: absolutely. Look, um, I think towards my last few years in defence, I I actually started to realise that that defence really wasn't for me. Um, you know the the kind of personality I have. Uh, you know I, I'm not much of an authoritarian, and uh, in defence, you know yeah. that's that's obviously highly encouraged. Yeah, if you want um, to be the
0: secret sandwich maker, you need exactly. To you know, prick.
1: Not a footy player. Yeah. Not aggressive, Not you rugby. know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and um, they're the things you need to really progress as far as you can in defence uh, from everything that I saw. But yeah. I mean, look. I, I guess towards the end, it that that made it quite easy because I already felt like I, I didn't really belong there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did voluntary discharge, which was good, yeah. and um, and moved into this new role. But the things that I actually found that I missed, and uh, I, I guess with that identity transfer. Mm-hmm. It was uh, more the camaraderie with your friends, um, you not know, not the day to day work stuff. No. It was the people, exactly. Yeah, not the pineapples. So for those <laughs> veterans listening,
0: yeah, hashtag yeah. TPE.
1: Exactly. Yes. Good on you guys. Yeah, <laughs> love all the stuff I'm seeing from them. By the way. Yeah. But um. But look, uh, at the end of the day, I think that um, yeah. Like I said, very very lucky. I do miss the camaraderie. Um, you definitely. Uh, I, I found I had to tone down a lot of jokes. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Stuff you could get away with in defence that out here people would uh, would give you the death stare.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it took. One thing that um, I was made aware of when I went home for my first leave yep. was I didn't really swear before I joined yeah. defence, and I was dropping F and C as. Adjectives and verbs They were just replacing other things in a sentence I was highly unaware of it The other thing that a lot of people And me and um, Richard talked about On the last podcast we did Was how quickly we eat food Ah yes Yeah My god That's something civilians just don't get That you can sit at a table And it's gone in two minutes And everyone's like finishing their entree And they're like what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> That's it. I
1: mean, um, I still remember that from the Kapuka. You, know? yeah. you, you figure that out very, very quickly. Uh, Kapuka's you know, being, being recruits for Australia. Um, I mean, uh, I still remember that you'd have just such a short window to eat that you would literally... On a command,
0: go, you will disappear from here. Yes. I'll reappear back here. You have two minutes, you get the mess. Two minutes to eat your meal and two minutes back here. And you've already one minute into it. Recruit, off you pop. Oh, Travis, that, that makes you sound like you were a recruit instructor um, at one point. I may well have lived that life. Yes. People that know me now can't see me playing that game <laughs> until I stand up in front of a group of people.
1: Yep. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, but... But look, regarding ball and and how I transitioned into that, um, you know, started a role at at Queensland Ambulance Service Mm -hmm. and um, at the same time that I started that role, um, I had... Bumped into gel Blasters on Gumtree of all places. <laughs> um, I actually bought my first gel Blaster from Renegade Blasters. Um, on, on Gumtree? Gabriel. Yeah. yeah. I, I found it on Gumtree, gave the phone a call. It was Gabriel and, mm. um, you know, and ended up driving down to, I think it, he used to be in the hinterland down on the Gold Coast. Yep. Drove to the house he was living in and spent like hundreds of dollars on, mm. on my first
0: Blaster from and, a garage.
1: Uh, yeah, from a garage, of course. That's back where, it all back where it used to be, yeah. yeah.
0: And um, yeah, know, well, yeah, Peter Clark, all, all the guys started small. The, yep. Peter Clark didn't start out with 15 stores and a multi warehouse. He was Exactly. And so did everyone else yeah. in the industry. People forget and that.
1: That's uh, like Joe Irlo. Yep. I mean, I, I purchased my second job last stuff from him um, at Newtown back in the yep. day. And um, and it was Which out is the back. back of his have hood. you heard Oh. oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay. um,
0: Marty's announced it on Facebook today. Oh, too. fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be running. Good, good. I'd love to get Marty on too.
1: Yeah, Marty's. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a good lad, and yep. um, definitely one of the people I remember from those uh, those, those earlier days. days. Yeah,
0: yeah, it had a great vibe, Newtown. Yeah,
1: so. it did. Yeah, it was it was the first field that I went to, yep. and um, I, I was actually introduced to the hobby uh, from uh, Brent Alderton um, mm-hmm. over at Asrails, and uh, it, it was actually I. I I'd sort of spoken to him a few times through Messenger Mm -hmm. and I was nervous about going out there and I remember (laughs) messaging him and saying, hey, I saw that you're involved in running games at Nuketown. Um, How's that all Yeah, how's it all work? Can I come out? And um, yeah, and eventually went out there and Mm -hmm. he was very... Very welcoming, and so was the rest of the community.
0: It's funny, as a field operator um, for Wounded Heroes, yeah. we still got those questions from average, but do I need to be in a team? Do I have to wear yeah. special clothes? Um, is this going to cost me a million dollars like paintball? Yep. And they're still the barriers to entry for everyone. Wow, yeah. something's some things never change. That's it. Yeah, it seems
1: to be the same across the board. And, and it's good, though. I, I like the fact that the community as it is now is so welcoming. Yep. Because it really does help to grow it and, yep. and it's still continuing to grow. It's just absolutely mm. crazy how big Jubal has become in the country.
0: The, the only thing that I keep saying to people as long yeah. as you stop and think, yes, the industry will live. Exactly, um, exactly that's, right. That's for you, Tony T. Yeah, <laughs> hey, Tony. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, Ausdiel grew yep. from there. You, yeah. just like everyone else, you were working out of your own spare bedroom and. Oh yeah! And look, it stuff. was
1: actually really funny, you know, the the origins of Ozgel, and I do apologise to all the business owners out there <laughs> that I may have annoyed when when Ozgel entered. Who cares? But ultimately, you know, I did the same thing most other people did. I had a look on AliExpress, you know, found, a, yep. you know, w- what I thought was an amazing deal at the time, and um, I remember engaging in price wars with uh, Trent Punchy back in the day. Yep. And um, it was over. Are you
0: still kicking around?
1: Yeah, he's still there. Hey Trent, if you if you're yep. listening, you know, and um, you know, it's 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 all water under the Bridge, of course, yep. now, but we were having price wars over one or two kilos of gels. You know, yep. <laughs> it was uh, it was a hilarious time, that's for sure.
0: Certainly gone to the days of rebagging and all that stuff. Oh, that was painful. We used me. to do. Yeah. Have you still got the machine? I still do. Yep, I have it up in the showroom. <laughs> I even have what a lot you of people have like a seen. historical museum collection. I was
1: thinking about doing it because yep. the, the first bags I used to measure out were it was in my spare bedroom. So mm. I used to actually invite people over to my house, walk through my lounge room to the spare bedroom. <laughs> To, to make, make their, their purchases yeah, yeah and i'd have all these plastic tubs set up there but what i used to use it was actually a um it was a barbie spoon so it was pink yep. and um it was something you got as like a, an extra gift in a cereal packet <laughs> but that particular spoon it measured out like 25 grams of gels perfectly yep. so that's how i used to actually measure out the gels which was uh, which was really good. So um, I've still got that spoon, so that's sitting up in the uh, in the warehouse as well. But, yeah, awesome. very slow process, very slow.
0: Um, awesome. Yeah, so humble beginnings, just like everyone else. No one threw a million dollars at you to create this. It's been a no. hard slog.
1: Yeah, it, it has. And, you know, I mean, even uh, where, where it's all really come together. So M4A1, I think most people know that I've got a pretty good relationship yep. with those guys now. We work closely. But, um, I mean, they used to purchase gels from me when I was in the garage. Mm. And what would happen is I'd get a call normally late at night from, uh, from Nick Judge yep. um, saying, you know, hey, you know, I want to come by and pick up 400 gels because he was doing all the show circuits at the time and yep. selling them from a marquee. And um, yeah, and there'd, there'd be times when he'd turn up, or you know, other other business associates of his would turn up, and I'd sit there, bag and the gels in front
0: of him, you know, and um, and oh, over there four hundred bags. Plenty yeah. of times when you mailed out a kilo or two kilos yep. of gels to me back in the That's day? It.
1: Well, you know, it's a funny story with those. So the the kilo bags of gels, um, I used to do them dirt cheap, but back then, being so green to it all. Um, I hadn't really gone through and um and calculated my numbers properly and I it was actually costing me four dollars per kilo that I sold. Yep. And that's why I stopped them back in the day yep. because all of a sudden I realized, oh hang on a second. Every time I'm not, not making a kilo, money. yeah, I'm not making I'm, money. I'm, I'm paying, paying. Yeah. yeah. So um you know, I was using all the money from my day job to fund these kilo bags where I was spending four dollars per <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, it just wasn't working, and and, yeah. and
0: coming from defence, costing yeah. out what you do is not a familiar process for exactly. everyone.
1: Because you're just used to having a budget. You know, yep. like defence, you get a budget. You don't really have to think. You just yep. have to spend the money. You're you allocated know?
0: resources now exactly. to use them. Yeah, but uh, yeah. there you go. So transitioning to a, a business owner, yeah, um, and having employees and stuff. I've certainly yeah. been through that. It's it's not easy stuff to grow. Yeah. without changing who you are and what you, the core of what Ozgel is. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, big time. I think, you know, a, a big transition for me was, uh, you know, I, I guess treating money differently. Um, you know, when, uh, when when I speak to a lot of people about Ausgel and its growth and especially from, uh, you know, friends from Defence and friends yeah. from Queensland Ambulance, they they all make comments like, Oh, we're expecting to see you turn up in a Lamborghini at some <laughs> point, you know. And um only I know, people that have never yeah. run a business expect that. Exactly. And you know, um that's the You know,
0: the, the
1: first thing that comes to my mind is what a waste of cash. Why yep. would I want to do I would rather <laughs> inject
0: that into more product exactly. And,
1: yeah. You know, and um, you know, uh, fun fun fact for myself and Ausgel, I pay myself a salary of fifty five K a year. Nice, you know, and uh, the rest of the money goes into the business. Yep. Um, I, I think a lot of people wouldn't expect that. So, mm. um, you know, yeah, that's that's all there is to it. You know, that relationship with money is, um, you know, I've, I've got a longer term goal focused on creating a nest egg for the for the mm. business, mm. as opposed to short term materialistic stuff where yep. I'm
0: spending the money now or leasing a supercar, you know, yeah.
1: or something like that. You, you just don't need those expenses in a business.
0: No. no. And you look at any of the really successful, like a Steve Jobs, he's kicking around in loafers and stuff because he he values money in a different way. Exactly right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly right. It's not about status. Status comes from what you
1: achieve. There's some irony in all of this as well. So um, You just bought a Lamborghini. Well, no. (laughs) But but when I was in the the corporate world, um, one of the arrangements I had with that company was I had to get rid of my Lancer that I had at the time and they wanted me in a Merc. Because it wasn't and, um, appropriate. Yeah, because it wasn't appropriate for carrying around clients. And um, now, you know, I, I still obviously have that Merc. I, I just don't want to sell it because mm. it would just be such a waste. Yeah. And, um, but it's ironic because I get embarrassed um, driving around in that now because it represents, <laughs> something you know, else. something yeah. that I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. So what are the biggest changes you've been happy about in the industry over the last five-odd years?
1: So the, the biggest changes, um, I would say, is the the legitimacy of ball, Definitely the legitimacy. Um, the fact that Queensland police and weapons licensing have been able to come to the table and engage with stakeholders in the industry. Yeah, um, and, and yeah. not
0: just listen, but listen. Exactly.
1: You know... Um, one of the most impressive things I've seen is uh, the gents who, who essentially sit at the top of, of weapons licensing in Queensland, um, they went as far as purchasing gel blasters and attending events, um, and one of them even brought his kid along yep. events, yep. um, just to events, uh, just to really get a feel for what the industry's like. And I think they saw that it wasn't a, a bunch of um, you know, military wannabes who are trying to create a militia, That's it's, right. it's actually uh, it's a fun sport and hobby. You know?
0: A lot of people talk to me at various stages that get our defence and they're very yeah. uncomfortable with yes. gel ball training in Milsim. They're like, yeah. oh, this could be used to create terrorists and stuff. And and we've certainly had those discussions yeah. in the meetings that you and I have been to yeah. with weapons licensing about where, what we can and can't do. Yep. And I think there's a pretty clear line in the sand that yeah. what we're doing is legitimate and yep. none of the intelligence agencies have a problem with it. Yeah. They'd certainly be in touch with us in a oh. bad way if they did. Look, totally agree. And
1: um, one of the aspects that, and you know, you, you mentioned MILSIM there. One of the aspects I absolutely love about MILSIM is when I think about my service and defense, the things I used to really enjoy as a young soldier was uh, preparing my kit. Um, actually spending money. Yep. <laughs> All young soldiers do yep. it. They go out and, and spend extra that, money on that
0: shiny kit syndrome.
1: Exactly. You know, they want to go get some Plat Attack stuff or Condor, whatever it is today. I don't know what the latest craze is, but.
0: G'day, you Ben, know. from Plat Attack, by the way.
1: Hey, Ben. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like it's, it's something that I, I used to love doing as a soldier was preparing my kit. And then when you'd go out on exercise, I used to love. Um, you know, when I had kit that was functional, just mm. putting that to use, and then um, you know the contacts were fun, and and where I think there's a really enjoyable transition from defence to gel ball, is in the sense that with gel ball you skip a lot of the garbage that you do yeah. in defence, yeah, and you just get straight to the fun, yep. you know, and uh, and that's that's a really cool thing.
0: It, it's something I've certainly noticed on the organisation side of MilSim is yep. that. If we have too many military people organising yeah. a Milsim, yep. it becomes too much like an exercise. Yes. And people don't want to pay to go and exercise. Anyone that's in defence, yep. did you enjoy going bush? Yeah. Not <laughs> always, especially if people were telling you what to do all the time exactly. and you weren't able to actually do the job yep. that you paid to do. Yeah. yeah, No, exactly
1: right. So I think, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun that can definitely be had out there and there's... Um, you know, even from a defence perspective, you know, there's a there's a lot of training value there as well. You yep. know, I mean, uh, there's a lot of soldiers I know. Um, they, they won't admit it to their friends in defence because they know they'll, they'll you know, not cop a mouthful. Yeah. But um, but they actually come out to these Milsim events and love it. They enjoy yep. it,
0: you know. Uh, and there is a team, um,
1: yeah.
0: and I'm not going to drop their name, they yep. have 80% of their players, they Milsim, they've been Milsim for 100 years, yep. um, and they conduct themselves as if they would on a real operation. Yep. But that's not for everyone. Not yeah. everyone can can yeah play at that level. Absolutely, and not Absolutely. everyone wants to be sitting in an op, op order group and getting a frago and a warno and yes.
1: <laughs> whilst yeah. we're very familiar
0: with that, yeah, a civilian that that's not you want a cutscene like a game where yeah. it's a quick go do the thing. This is why go do the thing. Yeah, you don't want to be sitting there going situation mission. Extra,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the SMEAC stuff. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah. Uh, um, but that's for me. Yeah. Uh, you are uh, a cool. senior NCO as well, so things like the military appreciation yep. process and dealing with lieutenants and yep. how orders are given at that higher level. Yeah. Um, junior diggers I often find, and even corporals, are so yep. tied up in that SMEAC format yep. they forget what orders really are. Yeah. And as a senior NCO, I never used the SMEAC format for yep. any orders I gave. Yeah. It was a end states and all that, yep. those buzzwords from MAP.
1: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's good. I mean, that, that makes it a lot easier as well because yeah. then you're not not sort of going through all the gaps. I mean, SMEAC, really, from what I remember in defence, whenever I was providing a brief to an OC or a CO, yeah. um, you'd follow SMEAC, you'd have your topography, your vegetation, all yeah, sort of stuff, that and stuff. it was all just superfluous stuff that's, that's probably a really good strategic overview for a senior mm. um, or a senior officer, but for your average digger on the ground, they just yeah. want to stop writing. You know, yeah. they just need to know where to go and what to do,
0: mm. why they're doing it. And questions yeah. in two minutes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Memories uh, of Sub 1. Yes. That. Gosh. Yeah. So um, you've got a, yep. without talking too much, you've yep. got a signals background. Yes. Um, so can you see, and we've talked a little bit about it offline, Yeah. how we can use signals technology in gel ball to make yep. it more authentic?
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, look, um, signals technology—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really uh, advanced over mm. the years. I mean, um, you know, as an example, so I was a radio operator by trade and um, in in defence, and I was the last radio operator course to go through to learn Morse, and yep. um, so Morse was actually phased out um, across the military. You know, mm. six to twelve months after I enlisted, and um, did you, you know, do
0: seventy-seven set and twenty-five set? No, I came in just evolved. after, so
1: I was uh, part of the Raven clan, so yep. the yep. RTF. 200, 500, 100, hundred, yep. one hundred—that sort of thing. Yeah, but um, but ultimately, um, you know, when it comes to where we're at now, I know radio operators as a trade in the military is, has just been phased out. So, wow. um, yeah, a lot of radio it, operators even in
0: signal school, in signal school, yeah. So that's so it's now like being a command uh, systems operator or something. Um, or?
1: Well, it's actually being absorbed. So uh, a lot of my friends who you know radio opera radio operator friends in the army who um they're now faced with this new decision where they either have to become um, a tech, which is, you know, your satellite communications, trunk bearing systems type yep. type role, they can either become a, a tech, um, they can either become that, a a bear um, or a, a geek, um, yep. which is, you know, your IT stuff, yep. or a new role, which is Cypher. So um Oh nice. Yeah. So Yeah, so
0: cryptography's
1: um, a thing. Good. Yeah, so so I I don't know an awful lot about that. Obviously that, that would be uh we don't, yeah, we don't need classified to talk classified information. Details. But yeah. yeah. But I mean um, you know, there's uh there's definitely big changes in that regard. So as for how all of that can affect a job or field, I think there's a lot of um a lot of value in some uh, some older technologies where mm. um you know people can just get used to um using you know, some form of Raytel procedure, mm. um, understanding, you know, when it's good to talk on a radio, when
0: they need to maintain radio silence. Well, you would have been um, in as the SPR was rolled out. Yes, Yeah. So what my experience of the SPR yep. was it was more of a distraction than an enhancement to capability. Absolutely. You could use that against the enemy. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I when I watch players play at yep. sims I see exactly that fault. They yeah. they are so reliant on that headset and that radio to communicate information yep. that they over communicate and, and lose situational awareness.
1: Absolutely, yeah, totally agree with that. And then, um, you know, obviously, you've also got the uh, uh, the range limitations with the SBR as well. Yeah. But um, but well, look, boughing got yeah. no better. <laughs> that's it. But I mean, um, look, ultimately, I think that's the one thing. Uh, you know that, that that people need to keep in mind. I'm I'm not sure sort of exactly how the milsim is going to be run uh, with you guys coming up, but mm-hmm. I know that um,
0: it's very easy to scan through channels and yep. and listen into the enemy radio chatter. Um, and from uh, what I understand, the guys at Comsims yep. are looking at running the civilian version of Atac. Oh, nice, so, excellent. Um, that's a very powerful tool in defence. But yeah, my my concern with running something like that is. How do you get somebody that's never had exposure to it to understand the system yeah. and then use it to their advantage? Well, that's that's exactly right. I
1: mean, um, it, it is it's tough to learn. You know, I mean, if, mm. if you're new to radios, I mean, you, you get your little bit of exposure at Kapuka, but I mean, um, even even in my trade as a radio operator, um, that that was a good eight months of training yep. uh, back in the day. You know, and um, yeah, You know, you're learning a lot about equipment, but ultimately yep. the, the core function is the same. You're there yep, to communicate yep. over a, a radio.
0: As um, one of my jobs in uh, aviation was command yep. post work and yep. you would be running a two Raven nets, a Magnavox net yep. and a Sat net and Jeez. it would be one operator on that. Yeah. So you're talking to aircraft using aircraft Raytel, yep. you're talking to the Air Force on the Magnavox using their Raytel oh, and geez. you're talking to the command net on a, Ray, uh, on a Raven yep. talking that Raytel. Um, and then you'd
1: have different fills for different days at different times.
0: You, yep, yep. So an absolute some, nightmare. Some to would manage. be green, some wouldn't be. Some yep. would be in clear. Um, yeah. You'd be using really old school, just word of the day stuff and yep. other stuff. You'd be dropping an egg. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, geez. So it's it often amusing for me to see yeah. how people try to use comms in a really weird way for me.
1: Exactly. Um, well, I, I've got to tell you though, like I'm, I'm sort of. It, it does worry me when I see these changes in defence because um, I think having some of these, uh, the, the basic radio skills, even Morse code, that's actually invaluable. I mean... Um, yeah, watch any spy movie, they always need Morse code. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know, how else are you going to communicate? But yeah. I mean, um, just, just being able to have alternative methods of
0: communication when... Um, well, it's no but, never di- no different than NAV. Yeah. Y- you can use the GPS as much as you yes. want, but you've got to be able to use your... your Mills, Compass as well, Exactly, not exactly right. And it works. I remember works.
1: that way back when I did my sub one for Corporal. Mm. I remember um, when, when I was doing the nav leg, I was terrified because I was thinking, okay, I know what I need to do. Mm. I don't know if it's going to work. So I yep. remember writing out, um, oh, I can't remember what it was, the, the little navigation nav table. Nav data sheet. Nav data sheet, yeah. I remember you know writing all my legs out and going, right, hopefully this works. Yep. And then just did it and it worked. Yep. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, we got back to where we needed to get back to. So it was good.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because like on the fields that we do mills on, you're talking about 100 to 300 acres. It's yeah. it's something you can really map to ground. Yeah. We're not going through the J yeah, doing yeah. that stuff. And you're not out in the desert just yep. driving for 40 miles. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Most people I see just map to ground when they mill sim. Yeah. Um, I can't even use the term mills angular measurement without getting some funny looks from a bunch of people because oh, wow. only yeah. us military guys use MGRS. Only yep. us use 6,400 mils yep. in a circle instead of 360 degrees. Yep. And there'll be listeners out there going, what gobbledygook <laughs> yeah. is he speaking? What is MGRS?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, very, that, very
0: easy to use system. Yeah. And then, and that's <laughs> so, why yeah. like Toowoomba uses a keypad. We use something yep. similar. Um, yeah. But the higher level, got, like comm sims, they're MGRS yeah. and mils. Yeah. They run on that, but that's... yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so everyone's going to kill me if I don't ask. Yes. What? What's the go with Francis? What's the go with ah, super doobers? <laughs> like, yes. as far as I'm concerned, yep. Francis runs a field. It's his place of work. Yes. He gets to make choices. Yes. I run a field. I've yep. made a different choice. I don't yep. give a stuff what Francis has done. Yes. It's his field. It's his choice. Oh, mate, look. Um, and we had this once before. Yeah.
1: Many, two years ago. <laughs> I mean – Look, first and foremost, exactly as you've said, for, for anyone listening out there, the position, the official position from me and Ausgel is, um, you know, it's it's their field, their rules. Yep. End of story. You yep. know, I mean, um, you know, yes, we can all have opinions, but, mm. you know, mate, I, I've had people calling me, I've had the inbox filling up with yep. people, uh, you know, Throwing support and saying, you know, we get that,
0: behind you or we yeah, get getting you know, in like the pitchforks, yeah.
1: and, and I just sort of think uh, it's, it's not really that bad. I mean, look, um, at, at the end of the day, for those worried about it affecting the Ausgel business, it, it, it really doesn't. Because, mm. I mean, if a field bans the ultras, we've got like 10 other, other, other types of gels, you know, it's yeah. great because it means if, if we created. One gel that was the only gel people could use. Yeah. everything else becomes redundant. So from from a business perspective, it's fine. You know, it gives yeah. people a, a reason to buy another kind of gel. It doesn't have to be Oz Gel gels, but a- and my, know, would prefer my experience
0: it. on the ground is yeah. some people want X gel to use in yeah. X blaster with X barrel, yeah. and they will try every gel there is and go, okay, in my yeah. X Y Z blaster, it uses this and it works. Yes, there isn't a science where you can go every blaster will use X gel.
1: And that's it. And, and I suppose if I was to offer any advice to any field sort of banning these gels, it's, it's really just a, a consideration. I mean, yep. um, when you consider that a lot of people um, now, when, when you start to have gels that are a little bit more reliable, players will build their gel blaster around the ammunition. Mm. And um, if you ban a particular kind of ammunition, you've got to be prepared to take on the fact that players may not necessarily... Um, play there anymore Because they won't yeah. want To rebuild their blaster um, I, I'm sure that That's already been Considered I, yeah. I, I know that You know and, and especially using Francis there As the example yeah. um, Very knowledgeable guy He Red knows guy. what he's doing um, I get along well with him yeah. And uh, there's and, and for people out there Just in case There are Chinese whispers There are we no We can have issues, a beer together you know? There's no problem yeah, with Exactly that. You know There's zero issues With Francis um, yeah. Highly rate the guy But um, but at the end of the day You know yeah, It, it is their field Their rules Um but, look, the, uh, the ultras thing, it's not going to be something that, mm. that I will personally stop um, pushing the boundary with. Um, yep. I think as far as we can, you know, the, the focus isn't, uh, from myself or from Ozgeol, the focus isn't on hurting players. It's on consistency, accuracy, consistency, accuracy, yeah, yeah, Improving yep. the ammunition that we can within the boundaries of what we're legally allowed to do. Yeah,
0: and, and people are quick to jump on the Bush lawyer bandwagon and yes. say, oh, Dan's breaking the law. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Exactly.
1: Yes or... Yeah, and um, you know, ironically, that's actually one of the reasons Ausgel became successful. It's um, because of uh, you know the you know the armchair lawyers. Um, yeah. I mean, back they start when banging you know, the bongo drums, exactly. everyone hears about Ausgel. Oh, you know, back when gel blasters, I was just getting into it. No one was concentrating on ammunition. There were no ammunition specialists, and I thought, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to throw everything I can at it. And um, I had family members. Uh, defence friends, I had friends that I'd met in the civilian community all saying the same thing, they're they're harping on about, oh you know, no these can't possibly be legal, these can't possibly, but the thing is none of these people had actually done the research to (laughs) see whether or not gel blasters were legal or yeah. not, you know, and it was great because... Yeah, we should ban this, yeah. why? Because oh, I'm uncomfortable like, with the it, concept. It's a pack mentality, yeah. you know, I mean, and and because the majority of the pack was thinking, oh, gel blasters might not be a legal thing, mm. no one did it. And I thought, oh, this is great, that means no competition. Yep. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I just went ahead with it. And that's what most gel uh, blaster businesses did back yeah. in the day and now look yep. where everyone is. Um, so a little bit of uh, it's in it's your face it's <laughs> to, to a lot of those people. Yeah.
0: Um, and, like... We can go back and talk about there was an incident at our field where people blamed a new gel that you developed. Oh, I remember this that. This was about two years yes, ago. I and the that. pitchforks came out. You and me are talking about are <laughs> yes. going, my yeah. guys are saying this and your guys are saying this, and yeah. we're like, no, nah. yeah. nah, It wasn't it? the ge- – like, you, you know the plywood panels that I have. They're yes. three-mil plywood. Yeah. Anything that's going to go through that is never, ever <laughs> going to be a gel ball. Yeah. Like – and people uh, are going. No, oh, yes. oh, 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 these new ultras hurt. Yep. Peace off.
1: Exactly. I'll but get a grip. It's it's the same thing with uh, with anything new. I, I still remember. I won't name the field, but there was one field back in the day that banned anything mag fed for a little while really? because yeah, and uh, because oh, back in was, the hopper fed days. Yeah, back, <laughs> but, and that was because it was becoming too realistic, and then. With the intro, we can't have a metal one. No, or no, definitely that might end metal. is a serial number, and that'll take us down this path. <laughs> exactly. And then there was the Metal Gears. Yep. Um, that was another one. As soon as Metal Gears were introduced, it caused so much controversy. And I mean, you look back at that now and laugh because you think Metal Gears alone do, do not increase FPS. If you were to replace the Gears in a Joel Blaster, one for one with Metal Gears, you're probably more likely to lower your FPS mm. if that's the only modification you're making. So, um, I've got, got a tech yeah. sitting here just shaking his head yeah, in agreement, <laughs> by the yeah. way. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, there's been a lot of fun, funny stuff happened like that. But look, I, I think with the ammunition, I, I know that there are concerned parties out there and especially with businesses as well. Just rest assured, there's, there's nothing that I'm going to develop. Um, That would be illegal. You know, I'm not going to do it if it's going to put the sport at risk. Why would you risk
0: your family, your livelihood, your future for a quick buck? Exactly, right. You're not a fly by night. You're one of the stalwarts of the industry. And and I think that,
1: you know, really what we're seeing now is the potential for a transition period. I mean, um, you know, fields will run their field however they like. Mm. But I think the introduction of something like the Ultra Elites might actually. Cause some of those fields to consider um, slight amendments to their own procedures, and eventually we're, we're going to have to progress to the point where, where maybe it's it's similar to how airsoft fields are run, yep. where you have you know minimum engagement distances, FPS limits, that sort of stuff. And yep. you know, at the end of the day, I think that's uh, it's it's reasonable to expect that that's yep. how the community will grow.
0: I, I used airsoft in defence. I, yep. I was involved in doing that stuff um, yep. at one point, and creating firing ranges and range templates, all that sub-one sergeant stuff. Um, But I I One of my favourite courses, by the way. (sighs) I didn't even have to go field on mine. (laughs) It was great. I don't want to know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but the way you operate a range is part of every course training in defence at that senior NCO level. You're, You're taught to go from here to a piece of bush and set up a live firing range. Yeah. So we have a mindset that is very different to other people. So... When I set the basic rules for my field, yep, I tried to build some of that into it, and we talked about, um, in our brief, so it could be longevity. If the, if the umpire or referee or staff member can break the gel with yep. their fingers, it's legal. Yep. If it's commercially available, it's yep. legal. Yep. A- and that, for me, that was future proofing. Yeah. And people are consistently like I see, oh, Me banned this. Me banned Dan's jewels. And I'm like, who told you that? Oh, Bill told – Joe told me that. <laughs> well, I'm the guy that writes the rules. No, yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah. Nah,
1: but, I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, I think – there, there's even been fields reach out to me and, and just say, you know, look, we, we just want to let you know that we're not gonna and yeah. I mean, you know, from my perspective as I tell them, you know, look that that's cool, but at the end of the day, whether you do or you don't, it's your business. That's right. You know, I mean, um you um, do what you need like, to do.
0: For me, if I yeah. was running an indoor CQB field, yep. I'd be absolutely gun shy about a harder getting oh, yeah. gel. Yeah. Um but as somebody that runs a lot of outdoor games, yep. I see people using pistols yeah. in place of full-size rifles now, getting yeah. consistent shots and having a lot of fun with a CO two or a green grass pistol. That's exactly right. And I mean,
1: look, the, these these new gels. Um where I've actually been, you know, testing them, playing around with them has been up in the showroom at AusGel. And um, I've actually got a display up there uh, full of mechanics gloves. And one of the things that I was doing to test the accuracy difference was taking, you know, 10 metres back, taking pot shots at different gloves and seeing if I can actually hit the glove I'm aiming at. And, um, you know, with previous gels, you know, 80% of the time I possibly could at that distance. But with these new gels, it's consistent you know yeah. it's, it's
0: every you can set yeah. an aiming mark
1: you can, you can hit what you're shooting at <laughs> you know it's good
0: there was a, a recent post about and I just lost my like if I had coffee on I would have yeah. sprayed the room with it yeah. there was a post in one of the groups not going to name it but the yeah. guy was complaining about the, the QA on yep. X brand of gel said yep. oh they're munting up in my magazine these balls aren't very consistent yep. and I put up a YouTube video yeah. of the old gel ball sorting machine Oh, yes. You remember those days? Yeah. We, you would buy gels. The two racks. And, and yep. you would set up, think about the way you sort coins. Yes. That's how we, like, that was day to day. We accepted that yep. gels were so inconsistent back then that there is yes. no way you could just grab a speed loader, dump it in a bucket, pour it in a magazine, and fire. Yep. Exactly. We literally would spend an hour a week just sorting our gels. Oh, terrible. And, I, I do and, remember and we had days. gels all the way from six up to 13. Yep. And different blasters took different ones and uh, oh, I've still got P90s that shoot 13 mil jolts. That's
1: right. There was 11 to 13 mil was, yeah. was one of them. Yeah. yeah. I do remember those. I I've think got a we pistol that shoots
0: 13 mil jolts. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you take that out in the field now, people yeah. are like, did that even hit me? And yeah. you're four metres away.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right.
0: Yeah. But, um,
1: you know, there, there is the side of um, gel manufacturing that I think a lot of people don't see. It, it is very, very difficult. To yeah. keep consistent, because you know There's in so China many factors. there there are you know um, temperature is is one of the biggest ones, yep. and you got to remember you know for, for a lot of people that are listening out there regarding how gels are made, um, these factories we're not the primary customer. The yep. primary customer is golf courses. Yeah. Um, you know. We, you know when. Um, by gel standards, you know, Gel's ordering, you know, you know, one tonne to five tons of gels, which people might think, Oh, you oh, know, that's, that's a heat. lot of gels. Yeah. Um, well, we're
0: a tiny shrimp yeah, in extra. Exactly. A mash of ocean. A small
1: percentage. I mean a small order for a golf field might be a hundred tons, mm. you know, and um, and the gels at that factory they don't have to worry about mm. um, a control controlled process at all. Yep. Because it's, it's it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's there for agricultural reasons. Um, whereas with us we're we're trying to uh, you know, for us we've been trying to convince them to temperature control the room and do things a very specific way and they just sort of look at us and go, yeah, no, we're right. <laughs> uh, so, so the next best thing we can do is work with the chemists on um, yeah. on a better formula. Yeah. And um, obviously we've arrived there with uh, the Ultra Elites, which we've mm-hmm. had to keep
0: discreet. Absolutely. Because in China,
1: everyone likes to share <laughs> the secrets. Yeah. So, My
0: cousin works at – yeah. Yeah. Um, so a question that I've got from the team that's running the next yep. sim. One of the reasons we limit people's magazines out of Mills and we say yep. no more than six mags is mm-hmm. I go, all right, a player might not fire six yep. mags of gels during a day. Yep. Some gels will still be consistent enough at the end yep. of that. Have you got any feedback for me? Because yep. I haven't been using the new gels long enough to yep. know are, are they going to be something that will dry out during the day? Do we need to talk to our players and go, carry them yep. in a speed loader with a lid on it instead – do two mags. Do three mags.
1: Look, with with these new Ultra Elites, yep. um, they will last for a very long time in an airtight bottle. In a magazine, one of the yeah. good things that we've found is they will maintain their shape for many, many hours. Awesome. Um, the only contributing factor to them shrinking faster would be heat. So yep. um, if it is a very hot day and people are exposed for the entire time they're patrolling, yep. then um, yeah, they might want to consider carrying a little bottle of, of gels just in case.
0: Cool. Because that's something I'll write into the rules and say, just carry three mags at a time. Like Absolutely. People are used to the speedy boy yes. casual game stuff. Yep. And as you well know, um, I used to carry 210 rounds of ammunition. That was frontline. Oh, you poor fella. When, when I went on UN <laughs> yep. stuff, because you're not there to fight every war. And yep. MILSIM isn't always about being the special operations guy, kicking all the doors in and spreading. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're using three mags in an hour, I'll go into shock.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. I mean, yeah, even, um, so, you know, both of us, I know we've we've both deployed to East Timor. Yep. And, um, I mean, you know, I carried, you know, five full mags, 30 rounds in each mag for, you know, a good six and a half months. Didn't use one round. Yeah, you know. So, um, you know, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's not always yep <laughs> that that exciting gun ho stuff. Yeah, and whilst yeah.
0: we don't want to make it suck, there are some yeah. embrace the suck stuff. Exactly. Like I, I my focus in milsim is more on people interacting with people. Yeah. And and the military guys, it's like pre deployment training where you yeah. do scenarios and you yeah. interact with a person and then you make a tactical decision. on the ground based on that. It's not a lieutenant saying go do this, a sergeant saying go do that. It's you making a call on the ground as a team as to what you'll do next.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, um, yeah, you know, it's it's good. Uh, I I know a lot of guys try to push for, you know, the absolute – um, simulation of military life out in the field, but I think the reality is... Look, there if,
0: are some people that want to do that, you know, that and,
1: and that's it. You know, I mean, um, and, and that's not always going to be fun, but I think what, you, what you've what you achieved here and from all the feedback I hear from players, it's quite good. It's a good balance. Yeah. So, yeah, you get a little bit of exposure to that, but that's not the sole focus. Yeah. Uh, there is some fun involved. So.
0: Um, what do you think of the elites in CO2 pistols? Is there a temperature issue possible with... Um, those in a pistol, especially yep. like if we're going to fire a few rounds on CO2, yeah. there's a, going to be a temperature change there. Is that something I need to think about no, look, for uh, the average player?
1: Yeah, for, for the average player, I mean, typically at the moment we're, we're still a baby when it mm. comes to gas blowback pistols yep. in Australia. Um, you know, I spend quite a lot of time, obviously, with international counterparts discussing mm. um, gas, and yep. and am working on bringing in some good quality gas pretty soon as well. Obviously, we've already got Umarex available, but yep. um, but look, uh, at the moment, there is a, a bit of a craze for green gas in mm-hmm. Australia. Um, you know, and the the word on the street is, you know, oh, you know, Australia's climate, it's perfect for the climate here. You don't need CO two, so on and so forth. Whereas in, I'm looking in, across my yeah, He's scratching his whereas, beard. <laughs> in reality, you know, I mean, CO2 is is a little bit more efficient. You know, it's yeah. it's a bit more of a pain because you've got to. Switch out bulbs, yeah. um, but unless you're running a different kind of setup, but um, but at the end of the day, you're going to get that you know, a lot more consistency in your FPS mm. um, for for more mags, and and I think that um, you know overseas typically CO two is better for the colder um, environments, mm-hmm. um, whereas green gas people tend to say um, you know works better in the warmer environments. I've used both, mm. and um, you know me personally, while I think green gas is convenient. I personally prefer CO2 because when you think about the mags you're taking into a game, I'll put in a fresh bulb in all my mags for each. You know, if it's a half hour, one hour session of, of gameplay, mm-hmm. and I know that in every pistol mag, I'm going to get you know three to five mags. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, it's that's fine for me. You know, it's mm. my sidearm. So,
0: so you, like I think about it in the organizer milsim thing. Yep. It's very easy me, for me to deliver CO2 bulbs on a one-for-one yes. basis. Yep. All right, player, you're getting resupplied now. Hand back yep. your old bulb, we will give you another one. Yep. Doing that with greenback gas, I can't yep. build a logistic mechanic where I can go, just bring all your mags over and we'll charge them <laughs> yeah. up for you because <laughs> it. there's just too many variations. Yeah, and
1: that's it. I mean, um, it's, you know, green gas, I think it, it has its place to an extent. You know, if you're in a speedball environment where you've got a really fast turnover using yep. semi-automatic, um for for just about everything then you know it's definitely very handy but for co2 um i think that's that's really got its place outdoors mill sim um mm. even in the in the indoor you know cqb environment it, mm. it's still pretty effective you know yep. i mean
0: yeah cool any um, secret things coming up you Don't want to share, but I'm going to ask you to.
1: That's all right. Happy to share. Yeah. (laughs) New gel releasing pretty soon. So keep a close eye out. Um, We've been, uh, so with the Elites, we've actually been working on them, uh, well, not working on them. We received our first samples eight months ago. So it's been a a work in progress for a long time. Now we've got another gel that's been, um, you know, a a long time thing. And um, these new gels coming, um, they are going to. Without giving too much away, let's just say they will look like a plastic BB, but they are still a gel. Mm. And, um, yeah, they are very, very cool-looking. Uh, it's very cool-looking ammunition. Um because the formula is different, we've decided on on this particular thing. It's more about how it looks. Yep. So it, it isn't this one isn't about performance. Um, you know, perfect consistency, anything like that. This is about we want something that that just looks good in the air. That's really easy to see. Um, oh yeah. You know, probably yeah. going to be good for indoor environments where yep. you don't need to be hitting a fifty cent coin at twenty yep. meters, which. Would probably be hard to do anyway, yeah. but um, but you know this this is a gel that I think is going to be designed as a bit of a, um, you know, not just a novelty, but something that I think will be good visually.
0: I, I certainly remember back in the day going, I want to use orange or I want to use this yeah. in this game environment because yeah. I will see it traveling through the air. So. I think you're going That's to nail it. something there.
1: Uh, definitely, and I think this is this is going to be good because a lot of people have been asking for um, hardened glow gels, and let me just reassure <laughs> everyone: we're working on them. We uh, I actually want hard whipped cream. Oh, it's <laughs> nuts! Um, we we actually had a sample of um, of what was supposed to be hardened glow gels in in the showroom just recently. Some retailers have have seen them and felt them with their own hands. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, unfortunately for me, they, they weren't hard enough. Um, they were certainly harder than normal glow gels. the The issue with them, though, was that they couldn't be used in, in green gas or CO two mm-hmm. gel blasters, which means that you know they they really don't fulfil their purpose. Um, yeah. The sacrifice was a lot of the um, a lot of the pigment powder was left out, so it didn't glow as brightly. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that sac- it's worth that sacrifice just so you can use these in one or two extra blasters. Mm. You know, it's, uh, it's got to be a, a good gel.
0: Um, something I haven't thought of that just crossed my mind. Yep. What are the tracer options for CO2 right now? For like, CO2 like at your, the moment? Your tracer yep. unit, it, are they standing up to the recoil and vibration and stuff?
1: um yeah so at the moment with the with the pistols themselves so the Ausgel tracer unit yep. as an example uh, yes but they do require a bit of an adapter to get them to fit onto yep. onto most blasters um, look that trace unit's fine it's it's obviously modeled and made in the same factory yep. as another very popular yep. um, tracer brand I'm, I'm sure many people have figured that out but um, but ultimately um you know, there's uh, on, on the Ausgel trace units, there's a little bit more conformal coating, so yep. a little bit little bit better for, for gel balls being wet and the like. But, um, but look, at the end of the day, I think getting the glow gels just right is is where where we're really concentrating. Yep. Um, there is a way to use current glow gels that are available on the market in green gas blasters, mm-hmm. um, but I have yet to hear of anyone having any major <laughs> success with CO2.
0: Yeah, well, I've certainly noticed with Corona, our yep. night games... We used to get more yeah. people to a Friday night game than we would yeah. to a whole day on a Saturday. Yeah. And now it's the exact opposite. Um, yeah. So it, it's interesting for me, since CO2 has become a thing, night games have backed off in my experience. I don't know what other yeah. fields are seeing, um, because they have more controlled nighttime environments. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's a
1: tough tough call, that one, you know. Mm. I mean, um, you know, me personally, I, I've never been big on, on the night games, but... Certainly, um, I think the introduction of uh, of an effective tracer gel mm. would certainly boost the popularity of night games. And yeah, um,
0: we certainly had people yeah. that would run both a tracer mag and a tracer unit at the yeah. same time to get that extra bit of brightness. And yeah. you would see those gels still glowing on the ground an hour or two later. Not yeah. super bright, but they would be so much brighter.
1: Yeah, exactly. Look, um, there's there is. Uh, the the feedback we have at the moment from the chemists in China is that it is a an extremely extremely difficult job. Um, mm. You know, almost to the point where where they were ready to throw the towel in. But mm. there are people working on these right now. Yep. Um. There was a small batch of uh, red glow gels that I think were released on the Chinese domestic yep. market. Yeah. Uh, but they they just weren't any good. So, um. Hence why we we didn't yep. bring them in ourselves.
0: Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, how, are you very involved in the veteran community? Uh,
1: yeah, I've, I've become a little bit more involved, actually, yep. over the past 12 months, um, just reconnecting with old friends who have since moved on and, and doing stuff on the outside. And, um, I mean, look, it's it's no secret that, you know, there's a, a good majority of the slop raiders, the team that I that sponsor, um, are veterans as well, and mm-hmm. many of them friends of mine from back when I was uh, in the service. But, um you know, look, I'd, I've I've done a lot of work with uh, Invisible Injuries um, and, and a few other charities, but um, yeah, I mean, look it's it's been it's been interesting to be in a position where you can have any kind of influence because I've I've never really had that aim or goal to do mm. something in in the veteran community, but then. Um, you know, things have popped up. I've listened to stories from a few mates, um, Andy Fermo. Um, I don't yep. know if you saw that podcast that we did. But, um, I mean, we knew each other as junior soldiers. Mm. We both went down separate paths. And, geez, the experiences he's had yep. are just, you know, absolutely mind-blowing. And, um, you know, and I think I'll always have that respect there for the, uh, for the guys who are, are doing the hard yards and struggling now. So wherever mm-hmm. I can help, try and help.
0: Um, did you know Steve Price is doing a podcast for us now? Ah, oh, is he? Yeah, fantastic. It's called A Veteran of the Day. Oh, good man. So excellent. I've just got a, a delivery arriving. I'm sending him a text.
1: Ah, and we've got a NATO coffee. Thank you very much, my friend.
0: Oh, thanks, Scotty.
1: Coffee's being <laughs> delivered, rich and rich. I, I won't pour this over your uh, your yep. roadcaster.
0: Oh, thanks. Um, so I'll, I'll drop this one in here because obviously bringing you on, is going to bring on some people that have never heard this podcast before. This will be episode 35. Yep. So the way I fund this podcast is through Patreon. What do you know? What do you know about Patreon? So
1: I know Patreon, um, Mm -hmm. is something that a lot of, uh, influencers use, especially on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that it can be linked directly to charities and sometimes to... Coffee. Yep. Uh, Coffee's a a very popular one.
0: so I know a guy that I shout a coffee quite often. Yep. Excellent. We're probably talking about the same thing. He's very low. Yeah.
1: Very low. Yeah. What a Guido.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So this, there's no commercial arrangement between you and me. There's no money changing hands. There's no product changing hands for you to be on the podcast. So I want that to be understood by any new listeners you've got, that all the equipment you see, Dan can see in front of me, Um, This is all paid for by people that want to support actively support the podcast. It's not for everyone. It's a cup of coffee once a month. Hmm. And we do have, through Patreon, some secret stuff that we do. So we'll we'll record a little bit after this that's just you talking to the patrons. So um, if you love what we do, um, if you like this format where you can listen it in your car on the way to work or you can have it in the background while you're doing the shopping or Kicking around the house, listen to Google, um, this is another option. Cool. So, um, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I do talk about my field, but that's yep. – I try not to make that advertorial. I try not to, to get still, into that know, realm, you've but got to, it's, to it's about context. Yeah, People exactly. need to – I need to disclose that I yeah. run a field for Wounded Heroes and everyone knows who I am. There's no secrets there, but yeah, um, I, I also run another podcast – totally yep. different industry um, use the same gear same patreon model excellent so, um there'll be a link in here if you could share that yeah I'd absolutely
1: that. yeah we'll put this up on osgel um so once uh, once this is live we'll, we'll do a share across to the page and bananas. let everyone have a listen
0: yep yeah um so you've also dropped off uh, a restock for our shop too yes and at the field yeah um because a lot of people go oh well they've banned this and they've banned that and and if we got it hanging on the shelves, it's pretty hard to say it's banned. Yeah, that's
1: it. Exactly right. Um, the, the memes have been actually quite hilarious because um, I, I, I've got to tell you, you know, every time, you know, and, and when I say every time, there's there's only really been three fields that I'm aware of who, who have banned the gels, and, or three major fields. And um, each time that's happened and a post has gone up and they've got a picture of our gels, I watch our sales, and um, it, it immediately skyrockets for a short yep. period. But you know, it, it's um, it's just crazy, you know. So I mean, um, in in this regard, we we did one video mm-hmm. for the uh, Ultra Elites, and just left it at that. Yep. Rest of it's been marketed for us.
0: Yep. So yeah, there, yeah. appreciate that, guys. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> all, all news is good news. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else you'd like to, to – obviously you don't get yeah. involved with the Milsim community a lot, so is there any yeah. personal stuff you want to say to them or anything well, you want to talk I about think, milsim um, I with,
1: with the Milsim guys, um, I, I know they've had a bit of a rough run over the past few years because uh, I know a lot of you guys have seen the amount of uh, support that I've thrown behind Speedball and trying mm-hmm. to – to you know, generate interest in that sport, and look. There's there's been a staged approach and a very deliberate reason we've done that, mm-hmm. and that's to try and get as many people as possible into the industry. And um, you know, and Milsim, I've I've always pictured Milsim as um, a stepping stone for a lot of people. You know, once they've engaged in speedball for a, for a long time, they might want to get a little bit more out of their hobby. Mm-hmm. And this is a really good way to really sink your teeth into it. And yeah. especially for those who who haven't necessarily been in the military. It's a great opportunity to get out there and enjoy the fun part of that life without the pineapples, so to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah, pineapples are a thing, people. Not just for Nathan Kirby, either. Yes. Um, He only
1: likes them on his pizza.
0: That's right. And and I don't know how, but every time he comes to my field, a pizza with pineapple and extra pineapple gets delivered.
1: I wonder why that happens. I don't know how that happens.
0: I'm not the one doing it, either. I know who's doing it now, too. Good stuff. So I send him a message whenever Nathan rocks up. Excellent, excellent. Um, I would like to connect you with the guys from Comsims. Yep. Okay. Um, cool. So, for those that don't know, Comsims has been in the milsim world for like fifteen years. Yep. They were doing it when it was paintball. They were doing it when it was laser, and they're um just got somebody at the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those guys are running the super serious milsim stuff, and um, I'd like to connect you with them so that yeah. Cool so that they can yeah. have a few chats look, about stuff.
1: It'd be great to, to do something with the Milsim community and, and sort of uh, generate that awareness because I think people have the wrong idea of, of what they're like. You know, they, yeah. they see the memes online and they start yeah. to think, oh, it's a certain sort of stereotype. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, there can be a lot of fun to have there and, and mm. one of the things I encourage a lot of people to look at is um, if, if you've never been involved in Milsim or you've got this warped perception of what it is, just simply jump on YouTube and type in Milsim West. Yep. You will see exactly what it could be. Mm. And um, I'll tell you what, even as a veteran myself, and I know many veterans that are in this community already, they love the look of that.
0: Yep. Uh, And we've had discussions with Milsim West. Obviously, we we model a lot of stuff on what we do. So... Those people are familiar with the Carter or Cardre as the Americans say, it. Yeah. we do the same thing. We just call it a mentor. Yep. So it's somebody that we select and they drop into a squad and they Excellent. wear a patch that says, Come and go to this person with all your problems and yes. they will solve them on the ground. Excellent. Rather yeah. than going, here's a team, go and get eaten up by all the people that have been <laughs> yeah. doing it for 100 years. That's it. Uh, cool. Well, I think we're just about done. We haven't had to use any side effects. <laughs> nice. Um, I know I had to use a few of these on Richard last night. Because <laughs> he, he wasn't as funny as he thinks he's He's, he's sitting across the table from me laughing. That's Having good. a
1: bit of a giggle there, I can see.
0: <laughs> so um, we did try and get Kamikaze in on this podcast, yep. but obviously he's at work. So um, he's probably going to do a video response to this because we didn't include him. Excellent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've got... We're working on a project together, some up-late podcasts. Yep. Um, so if you've got some R-rated content that you uh, you want to hear, that's where you want to hear it. Oh, yeah. Mm.
1: That's right, because he's got an OnlyFans account. He does. Now, doesn't he? That's I, brilliant. I
0: may or may not have subscribed to that. <laughs> Excellent.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's actually a really good idea, though. I mean, when, yeah. when you consider the foundation of what his channel was built on was him being uh, you know, quite, quite a loose unit. Yeah. And, um, I mean, now he's got a place he can do that and then he can be politically correct in his public channel. So, yeah.
0: All right, Dan, I've kept you for long enough. You're at work, so an hour's plenty long to chew the fat. this
1: isn't work anymore. (laughs) This is fun.
0: Yeah. All right, well, thanks for coming along. It's been great to have you on board. We'll put some links down to Ausgel and where people can buy that stuff. Thanks, Um, Travis. Appreciate the invite, mate. We'll throw that in there. Um, as always, yeah. this has been the Job or podcast. I've got to go outside. We've got a guy delivering some cam nets for me, secret super school oh, stuff. Nice. Um, so, this is my mate Kevin McLeod from incomtech.com, in- and we're out of here. <laughs>